Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Bless you, Lord. I want to uh, go tonight into 1 Kings. I want to read in chapter 21 tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to look here tonight in this story we've been talking about this battle of the ages and I want to um, look at a little bit more of it here tonight in first Kings chapter 21 It came to pass after these things that Nehoboth of the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel next to the place of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke to Nehoboth and saying, give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it is near next to my house and for it I will give you a vineyard better than it or if it seem good to you I will give you its worth in money but Nehoboth said to Ahab the Lord forbid that I should give uh, the inheritance of my fathers to you and so Ahab went into his house and was displeased because of the word which Nehoboth had the Jezreelite had spoken to him for he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down in his bed and, and turned away his face that he would not eat no food. And Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit uh, so sullen that you eat no food? And he said to her, Because I spoke to Nehoboth the Jezreelite. And he said to me, said, to him, give me the vineyard for money, or else, I, if you please, I will give you another vineyard for it. And then he answered and said, I will not give you my vineyard. And Jezebel, his wife, said to him, You know, now exercise authority over Israel. Rise and eat, and let your heart be cheerful. And I will give you the vineyard of Nehoboth, the, the Jezreelite. And she uh, wrote letters and in Ahab's name sealed them with his seal and sent the letters to the elders and the nobles who were dwelling in the city of Nehoboth. 
And she wrote in the letters, saying, Proclaim a fast, and set Neoboth high honor among the people, and set two uh, scoundrels before him to bear witness against him, saying, You have blasphemed God and the king. And then uh, take him out and stone him that he may die. The story opens up here with Ahab acting like a spoiled child. He's the king, but he's acting like a spoiled child. Nehoboth will not give him the vineyard next to his house. And so he starts uh, acting like a kid that doesn't get candy in the store. The first glance, it looks awful simple. You have Ahab here uh, was going to give him his, the worth for the land. He wasn't trying to take it from him. He was trying to give him money for it. Or he would trade it for another piece of property. And so there really isn't anything wrong with that, right? Uh, no, it's not right. It was about more than just land, but according to the law, ancestral property was to remain in the family and never be sold. Uh, Ahab and Jezebel were displaying open rebellion against God's law and what was to take place during this time. So now we see the spirit of Jezebel is carries about with it a spirit of rebellion rebellion is is may say well how can rebellion really be that bad but you see it working all the time it works in children it works in adults it works at school it works at home it works at work it even works in the church and it's at work and we if we don't agree with the rules, people will rise up and rebel. Children bail against their parents. Parents rebel against authority or work. And there are some that rebel against the governmental authority and so forth. But what does the Bible have to say about rebellion? Rebellion comes from the, the root of bitterness. In 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 23, it said, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is an iniquity of idolatry. And so Hebrews tells us that it is a root of bitterness. And so bitterness is something that isn't always, most of the time, in fact, it's not something that you can see on the surface level. It is something that is underneath the surface. Jezebel's spirit is never in the forefront. It is always hid in the shadows. It never speaks for itself. It has somebody else speaking for it. Amen. You see, Jezebel gets Ahab stirred up to do the talking. That's the way people are. And you see a spirit on them. They'll never go and talk to the boss. They'll never go talk to the pastor. They'll never go talk to somebody that they're having problems with. They'll tell somebody else about their problems to go talk to the pastor, talk to the boss, talk to somebody else. And, and so it is that it's a spirit of rebellion that is stirred up on the in the shadows to try to to get a end result of a thing 
And so whenever uh, we look at this and we see this spirit of rebellion, it opens up a whole new can of worms because it says it's like the spirit of witchcraft, which means it's, it's this, it is something that is uh, undermined. It is something that's got a magical scroll by implication. It's something that, that appears to be something that it's not. And so we see this at work even in the church. People don't like something, they get bitter. They get upset. They start talking and working in rebellion. And then they go into a spirit of witchcraft and trying to manipulate. And so it isn't just in the world, but we are dealing with this same spirit these many years later. It, it, we have to deal with it. If you're a saint or a sinner, we, we see this thing at work today. Amen. And so it, they, they started telling how they think that, that it ought to be done. And so whenever you, uh, what this word witchcraft here means is to distribute. So they start telling how they think that something should be done. And they start distributing gossip. They start distributing bitter feelings. They start distributing and undermining authority and the plan to undermine authority and leadership. And many times when you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling overwhelmed, it is these deadly darts of the enemy that are being hurled into your soul. You don't know where it's coming from. You just feel overwhelmed. You feel the pressures. You feel uh, uh, dis discouraged, disappointed, frustrated, whatever the case is. And there's really no rhyme nor reason for it in the natural realm. Uh, you can be assured that it is a, a spirit that is working against you to try to take you out and try to get you to be discouraged. It is this feeling of discouragement that comes. It's an overwhelming because somebody is distributing gossip about you. Someone is distributing uh, things that are trying to bring you down. And so this spirit comes to try to manipulate and control and it does it through other people. All right. And so we must stand in your place of authority. Amen. Whenever you see these things taking place, we cannot just merely passively let it go. You have to be aggressive and you have to take your stand in the spirit and Jezebel or Jezebel will take that authority that has been given to you. They don't have to don't even have to say anything about you. All they have to do is imply something is wrong with the person. They imply something has been done. They imply they put seeds of doubt and seeds of confusion into your mind or into your heart. And you can say the same thing, but say it in a different way. And it has a different implication or different meaning. Right? I can say this tonight, Brother John. Brother John's here. He loves me. So I can say to you, Brother John, he's something. He's something. Or I can say, oh, Brother John, he is something. Mm -mm. 
right? And how you take that is going to determine what you think I think about Brother John. Amen. And so I've sowed a seed into your mind that 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 I don't like the way Brother John does or he's really a scoundrel. He's really this or that because he's something. But that's the way that people you begin to get this spirit to working against other folks is because they begin to allow that to begin to sow seed into your mind that they've done a thing or have had ours away. But the reality of it is it, it's that the enemy is working to sow gossip and discord, distribute confusion in the body. Nehoboth said, I'm not giving my inheritance away. It wasn't about the land. It was about what the land represented. The land represented his inheritance. The land was not just a vineyard to him. The land was a vineyard that his forefathers planted. Right? It was something of great value. And whenever we see that Nehoboth says, I'm not giving you in my inheritance, I will not disobey the law. God is looking for people today that won't give Jezebel uh, and this spirit that is running loose in the kingdom and in the world will not give our inheritance away. We'll not give what God has, has given us and what our forefathers have paid the price for and Jesus ultimately has paid the price for, right? And now the enemy comes and we just forfeit so quickly and so easily what Jesus paid such an awesome price for. Uh, we have to rise up and say we're not going to, to just give up our inheritance so easily. Here in verse number five, here comes little Ahab again. And you remember when I told you last week, I believe it was, that he kills Baal's prophets. And now he comes to Nehoboth and he wants to, to let him have it. And then this is Ahab. He comes at about and he, he starts messing with all of these things and I told you last week that whenever what Jezebel was after was not Elijah's head, what Jezebel was after was Elijah's authority. Jezebel was not after the body of Elijah. She was after his, the authority that was upon his life. And we're about to see it here again. Take over another man's authority. In verse number seven, it says, Then Jezebel, his wife, said to him that he could go and, and to, and to uh, exercise, you now exercise authority over Israel. The devil knows something about you that you may not even know, and that is that you have authority. You have God-given delegated authority over the works of the enemy. Amen. And yet we stand beat down saying I'm a nothing. I don't have power. I'm powerless. I can't do a thing. And the moment that Ahab didn't use his authority, watch this, it was when Jezebel used it against him. 
Whenever we don't use our authority in the kingdom of God, the enemy will come and use that authority against us. Right? Now she says, look, okay, baby, you know, y'all know this so bad. They wouldn't give you the vineyard. He said, you know, but look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the vineyard anyways. So this is what Jezebel does. But when he reminds, when, whenever uh, he remains silent and doesn't say anything, then the authority that Ahab has is now relinquished to Jezebel and Jezebel starts writing letters on his behalf. Seeing this? He start, she starts writing letters on his behalf and takes his signal ring, the authority, and now she becomes the spokesperson for Ahab. People, what, what, they, what she is saying, they think is coming from Ahab. And so when we don't use the authority that God has given us, the enemy will take that voice, take that authority and begin to use it against us. And so that is the reason why that you have to use the authority that God has given you. When you know that people are implying a thing or distributing evil and you remain quiet, you're relinquishing your authority. When people talk bad about the church, run the pastor down, talk about a brother or talk about a sister, and we remain quiet or silent, that authority has been taken from us. You should use your authority to put them into open shame. I know that people say, well, you shouldn't do stuff like that and shouldn't judge people. Well, God doesn't ever rebuke people publicly unless they're, they're that tyrant and that where they get to the place where they're so brazen with it that they don't want to hear nothing. Amen. How many times did he beg Jerusalem, Israel to come back to him? How many times before he publicly embarrassed them did he beg them? To return to him. Right? So God's not out there looking to say, well, how can I humiliate you? How can I embarrass you? But whenever a, a, a spirit such as Jezebel, a blatant authoritative spirit such as this rises up. Uh, and, and I don't know how many churches this thing's destroyed. I don't know how many pastors it's taken out. But what I do know is this, is we don't have to allow it in the body of Christ. It doesn't have to be. And it shouldn't be just the preacher or the pastor uh, uh, fighting this fight. Amen. Now I know I'm pastor, and I know that people may take it wrong or whatever, but whenever this spirit rises up, it ought not just be in my hands or Pastor Renee's hands. It ought to be, you ought to be crawling on it like ugly on an ape. Amen. You ought to be using that authority. Saying, because this isn't my church. This isn't my church. This is God's church. This is your church. 
And we have to take that authority that has been given to us and say, this is the house that God has placed me in. This is the body that God has placed me in. And we're not allow, about to let this, this spirit rise up and destroy what God is doing. Amen. Amen. I remember a story whenever I was uh, young and uh, my dad uh, had a cousin, Charles Plunkett, and he pastored in West Monroe, Louisiana, and had a, a very large church there in the Assemblies of God. And, and he told the story, and I never forgot it, how that one of his men on the board was spreading gossip, distributing gossip, and, and trying to bring about, undermine him. And uh, so uh, he went and, and uh, got wind of it. And when he did, he confronted the guy. And uh, anyways, um, the man lied. And about, I don't know, it was a week or so later, he dropped dead. And you say, well, is God a killer? I ain't telling you that. I'm just telling you it's, a, it's, it's, it's very dangerous to lie against the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you what that did. It brought fear of God into that house because he said the next time that there was gossip and people was carrying on, he said he went to a mechanic, a place where the mechanic was, and this guy was a mechanic, and he was there, and he went to talk to him, and he said, oh, no, he said, I didn't have no part of that. He said, uh, and he called this other fellow's name. He said, that was enough for me. He said, I don't want nothing to do with it. Amen. Amen. You know, God's not a killer. He's a loving God. But the reality of it is, is whenever you go against the plan of God and the work of God, it may not be today and it may not be tomorrow, but you're putting a mark upon you to open yourself up to all kinds of demonic things happening in your life. And so it isn't God that's killing you. It's you're opening yourself up to it because you're not. And so what I'm, I'm, I don't want to go into that too much. But what I'm wanting to say is sometimes you just got to put things to open shame. You got to use your authority, put it to open shame and let God do the work. Jezebel says, if you're not going to use your authority, then I'm going to use it and starts writing letters on his behalf in his name as if he were the one that's doing it. Puts the seal on it and now everybody in the Jerusalem, everyone in the, the city thinks that this is the voice of Ahab. We have to have a clear voice. We have to have a voice of love. Not of anger, not of bitterness, not of gossip, not of strife or division. But we have to have a clear voice that when people hear the voice, no matter if it comes out of me, it comes out of Jim, Joe, Sally, Susie, whoever, that voice is clear and they know that voice comes from the church. Amen? Because it's a voice of love, it's a voice of grace. But it's also a voice of authority. Amen. She tells them in this letter to go and to write down this, to, to go and to take Nehoboth out to give him a big party. You see, watch this. This is what the spirit does. It wants to puff you up. 
It said, take Nehoboth and give him high honor. Be careful of those people who are all the time blowing smoke up your ears. People that are always talking kindly about you. Oh boy, aren't they wonderful. They, they can walk on water. They're so glorious. Be careful about with people like that. Because here's this Jezebel spirit, this Jezebel, and she says, create a high honorable situation and put him in the front of the room. Make him glorious. Make him look good. And then I want you to write this, these letters and let them know that he has, he has spoken bad about the king and he has blasphemed God. The enemy knows how to get to us to try to get our authority. He comes to try to take it away from us and he'll try to get us built up so that we'll become pride, prideful in our hearts and prideful within ourselves where that we think that we are something and then he is getting ready to come in for the kill. He's coming in to put the dagger in. Make you feel so big and let your guard down so that you, you feel that you're safe, that you're all of that in a bag of chips. And then he comes in with the dagger to take you out. How do you guard against this? You guard against it by standing in your authority. What is your authority? The blood of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The word of God. Amen. It's your delegated, it's your rightful authority that has been given to you, the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we stand in that authority and, and we refuse to give up the, the inheritance that has come to us. We refuse to give up the harvest. Amen. It's about a vineyard. It's about a harvest that is yet to come in. And somebody says, well, it, this one over here is better. Isn't that the trick of the enemy? The grass is always greener over here. Amen. That's the reason why Elijah had to burn his ox and his plows. Remember when I talked to you about that? If you don't kill the ox and burn the plow, you'll find yourself going back to the vomit you just came out of. It'll, it'll, if you don't kill the ox... And burn the plows. There will always be a voice to pull you back into what you came out of. That can't be an option anymore. Amen. That can't be an option anymore. The plow has to be burnt. And the oxen have to be killed. So there is no pull to come back. Go back to where you came from. Because there will come a time when the pressure will be on and it will look better where you came from than where you are now. Amen. It'll look better where you came from than where you are now because where you are now is not where you've been. It's where you are, but it's not where you're to remain. God is a God of progression and God is always moving you forward, never backward. Amen. He never takes you back to a thing. He always takes you to a thing. And so the enemy wants to come and take your authority so that you'll start looking around and thinking, well, what's the big deal? He, I can trade this for this. 
I can do this and this. That's, that's, and I'm just going to pastor here a little bit, but that's what amazes me about folk that can just so easily, they can, they can be in a spirit-filled atmosphere, and I'm, I'll say it like this, they be in a spirit-filled atmosphere where they've got a five-gallon bucket of glory, and they can be satisfied leaving that and going to a place that's got a thimble. I don't understand that at all. I don't understand that at all. I don't understand how that you can make decisions just based upon work, based upon these different things that you're doing without ever taking into consideration before I ever move, is there a spirit-filled church there? Is there a place there that I can raise my family? Is there a place there that I can worship God? Is there a place there that I can come connect my, my gifting and my talents to to advance the kingdom of God? And so, it, it, and that's just a little pastoring right there. You can, you can do with it what you want. But I, I just believe that it's important for us to know our inheritance and know what we have. And Nehoboth knew what he had. It wasn't just something that was flighty. It wasn't just something that, that showed up, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. But this is something that was a multi-generational inheritance and blessing that was handed down to him. And he was not about to turn loose love at leasily or lightly. And I want to say to you tonight that the kingdom of God, that we are dealing with things in our nation and in our world today, that you better hold on to this vineyard that God has given you, this gift that God has given you, the power of God that he has given you. Clutch it with both hands. Hide it in your heart. Hold on to it and say, for nothing will I let go of it. For nothing will I relinquish it. But I will stand upon the word of God I will stand in my place of authority I will declare the word of the Lord and decree the goodness of God because the enemy is going to come to try to give you or trade you something that looks really good looks really good looks like it's better than what you got and all the time he's working to undermine you implying things, distributing lies. And all the time it is to, to undermine you so that, that he can ultimately get your authority and use it against you. Amen. We are dealing with things today. As you know, we had our election yesterday. We are dealing with this spirit that is in our nation today more than it's ever been. And the Holy Spirit was praying on Monday and the Lord spoke to me and told me to begin to pray against plots and schemes of the enemy. It's not something that they want to do out 
out in the open. It's something they want to do underneath. And there is a scheme of the enemy that is plotted against our nation because our nation has been blessed to carry the gospel around this world. America, America has taken the gospel to the four corners of this world. And don't you know that the enemy hates us? But we have to take our stand. We have to take our place and say it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the spirit of the living God. And we're not going to allow this spirit to intimidate us and run us off from our vineyard, right? Even if it costs us our lives. Amen. Even if it costs us our lives. If this plot and plan is worked out that the enemy has for our nation, you will lose your life in America for preaching the gospel. You will lose your life in America for being a Christian. I know that that sounds terrible, but I'm just being real with you. You got to know who God is and you got to have a personal relationship with him. Amen. Stand your ground. Don't just hold the fort, but say, I'm here and I'm putting my, my feet down right here and I'm not giving up my vineyard to nobody. I'm not selling my family out, not giving up the harvest and another generation. They're going to be able to worship God right here where I stand. Amen. Praise God. Well, I just wanted to share a little more with you about this thing tonight. Is that all right? Praise God.